service. Hey, Discos, I've got something special for you guys. You asked, we listened, and now it's finally here. Introducing Disgraceland All Access, our very first official membership program. Disgraceland All Access membership is your chance to support the show and get ad-free listening, an exclusive scripted episode every month, and exclusive bonus content every week, plus access to an always-on chat with me and your fellow discos. Visit disgracelandpod.com slash membership and sign up today. Hey, discos. Need a little more Disgraceland in your life? Just a touch to get you through? Yeah, me too. This is the podcast that comes after the podcast. Welcome to Disgraceland, the after party. Welcome to the Disgraceland bonus episode, a little thing we like to call the after party. This is the show after the show, the party after the party, the bridge to get you from one full episode of Disgraceland to the other, the backyard to dig into the dirt. On this episode, we are talking just a teensy-weensy little bit about this week's full episode of Ariana Grande, digging into a ton of your voicemails, your texts, and your DMs. We took the week of 4th of July off and didn't have an after-party episode, so consider this a makeup episode and a heavy engagement dive with you guys. Uh, we talk meeting your rock star heroes, more Aerosmith, the greatest hip-hop groups of all time. All right, discos, let's get into it. Microphone check one 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 one. Okay, discos, welcome back from the break. That is assuming you had one. Hopefully you did. Hopefully you're over your hangovers and you still got all your digits on your hands and your feet and there's been no fireworks accidents. You guys are ready, uh, ready like I am to talk about what we here in Disgraceland are constantly obsessed with and that is music and the gloriously flawed and talented men and women who make it. I know that I am. All right. This week in Disgraceland, our full episode is on Ariana Grande and quite honestly, it's one of my new favorites. It is literally action-packed, 30 minutes of compressed drama detailing the terrorist attack at her concert in Manchester, England back in May of 2017. So this is one of the more recent uh, subjects that we've done. I highly encourage you guys to check this episode out. Uh, Normally, as you know, I dive into the episodes here at After Party, give a little peek behind the creative curtain or some other kind of context about the episode of that subject. But I'm going to skip that this week so that we can spend more time talking to each other. And so I can cover more of your voicemails and more of your texts. I've been asking a lot of questions. You guys have been calling in, you've been texting, you've been answering me, you've been DMing me, sending in those answers. And quite honestly, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. There's there's so much incoming and so little space to respond. And I'm very grateful. I have a lot of gratitude for this conversation that we have going on. Um, I got to figure out a way to engage further. Uh, It's hard to get through all the voicemails, all the texts. I try. I try to respond. I try my best. I am not complaining. Don't take this as a bitch. It's not. Um, But on this episode here of the After Party, because we didn't have an After Party last week because of the 4th of July holiday week, um, I'm going to spend more time answering you guys, okay? Uh, So let's, let's party. 
right? Shall we? Billboard magazine, fucking Billboard magazine. Uh, as I've mentioned uh, this week on social media and in our mini episodes, it's got this list. You guys know about this, the top 50 rap groups of all time. And I think, well, I think their top five is all out of whack. I asked you guys what your top five rap groups are, your top 10 rap groups, your favorite hip hop groups of all time, your faves. Here's what you had to say. I just want to hit on this just a little bit. We're almost through with this subject here. Uh, let's check in with what the 909 had to say. Hey, Jake. Ellie or Daz here. Um, so I think the number one rap group of all time is Wu-Tang Clan, and I'm probably being biased because I grew up listening to them, but um, they were literally what saved my life in, like, a ton of ways. And I got to say... They are original, raw, and only survived on the dream that they had. Ellie, thank you for the voicemail. Um, I totally get the love for Wu-Tang as the number one rap group of all time. Not my choice. I go with NWA. Uh, but I, I can see Wu-Tang over Billboard's choice of Outkast and bonus points to Wu for saving your life. I'm glad you're around, Ellie. Uh, thank you for the call. More on the subject here, the greatest rap group of all time, like I said, on social and the Instagram page. I'm also on threads right now. I know like the whole fucking world is all of a sudden. It's one more app we got to deal with. Uh, so if you're there, I'm there. And I'm talking about this over there, just like I am everywhere. Uh, kind of pissed about the Billboard list, but whatever. I'll get over it. Lots of awesome hip-hop content coming our way. Uh, we got the 50th anniversary of hip-hop coming up. Uh, we're going to have an announcement of our own regarding the big celebration soon, so keep an ear out for that. Um, this week, in the week off, we got a ton of incoming uh, voicemails and texts on the last episode of Disgraceland on Aerosmith, our last full episode. Some of your reactions your reactions on meeting the band. Um, I also asked you guys, have you met any of your heroes? What was that experience like, your musical heroes? Um, this is all in reference to the the uh, the anecdote I told you about meeting, uh, or kind of meeting, or not really meeting Steven Tyler as a little kid. Uh, so let's check out this voicemail from the 406. Uh, my name's Jeff. I'm leaving a message about uh, hating Aerosmith. I was actually a fan club member and could get good seats. Uh, I lived in Montana, and we traveled all the way to the Columbia Gorge, and they canceled because it was too cold. And that kind of really set me off of the whole thing. I quit the membership, and the hell with them. Bye. That is a tough hang, my man. You drive miles upon miles to see your favorite band, and then they bail because it's too cold. I'm going to add insult to injury here. And just let you know, they're from fucking New Hampshire and New England, some of these guys. So no strangers to the cold. I don't know how cold it was, but you got a right to be upset. Um, okay, as in reference to my specific feelings toward Aerosmith and their music, the 856 called in uh, with their own take. Hey, Jake, Mark from New Jersey. I was uh, just listening to the uh, Aerosmith after party. I share your feelings about Aerosmith. It was my first concert at a young age, and I am... Love-hate with that band. So, 856, the reason for my love-hate relationship with Aerosmith, you know, uh, to me, it's all about the music. I say that. But obviously, you heard the story I told in the last after party about being a little kid and running into them. 
backstage and whatever, whatever, whatever. I don't want to belabor that. But I, I don't know. I, like when I think about, oh, God, Aerosmith, they annoy the shit out of me. I don't think of that moment at all. If anything, they were made, Tom, Tom Hamilton made the band cooler, in my estimation, uh, during that incident. So it's just the music. It's like, on one hand, you know, it's not like the Rolling Stones. Like the Rolling Stones had, had obviously like the 60s, the 70s, and then there's a huge dip in the 80s. They weren't really that active. And then the 90s, you know, it's like the emotional rescue stuff. Like that stuff I go back to now and I love it. I didn't like it at the time. I love it now. Sorry, I said emotional rescue. That's not what I meant. I meant steel steel wheels. Um, then you got Aerosmith, right? And they peak in the 70s. And again, the 80s, they're not all that active. There's the Run DMC thing. And then they make the big comeback at the end of the 80s. I think that was like 88, 89. I could be wrong. Maybe it was 87. I don't know. Run DMC thing started it off, however. Um, and they've got, uh, there's some okay stuff. Angel. Then there's the stuff on Pump, which is pretty okay. It's a little later. But then there's that whole like Alicia Silverstone era, Aerosmith. Nothing against Alicia Silverstone. Um, but God, that stuff is just awful. Awful. When they're cheesy, they're just so cheesy. I, I can't get over it. It's the music. It's not the meeting them. Um, all right. Another one on the meeting Aerosmith thing. Uh, let's get into the 256. Hey, Jake. Here's a story about meeting your heroes. It's a bit long. I'll try to make it as quick as I can. I was playing acoustic percussion backing a singer-songwriter friend of mine at a Mexican restaurant outside Huntsville, Alabama, about eight years ago. We were in the middle of our first set when a large group entered and made their way to a small, semi-private area on the opposite side of the bar where we were playing. A couple of minutes later, an instantly recognizable rock legend walked in to join them. Gray skull cap, sunglasses, black leather duster, and an orange beard reaching down past his chest. That's right, the Reverend Billy F. Gibbons himself. My friend and I looked at each other, each of us with our eyes as wide as they could get. Was this really happening? We got our confirmation a few minutes later. I'm not sure why, but he walks around to our side of the bar, orders a glass of red wine, and essentially chugs it. He did this three to four times during dinner. My guess, being that we're in the heart of the Bible Belt, is that some or all of the group he was with did not approve of alcohol, and that he came to drink by himself to keep from offending them. I say that because he seemed to be a very respectful man. He spent nearly our entire first break speaking with my friend and me. He complimented my percussion setup, and he shares some wisdom with us that I pass along whenever I have the chance. Get rid of tower speakers. People are walking around all day subjected to noise pollution assaulting their ears. Don't have the speakers at ear level. Use wedge-shaped speakers on the floor to send the sound up and out to draw the people in. Ignite the atmosphere. He repeated that phrase several times. Ignite the atmosphere. For 10 to 12 minutes, we held court with rock royalty. He was very gracious with his time and seemed genuinely interested in us. At one point, a 9 or 10-year-old kid walks up, smartphone in hand, undoubtedly sent over by his boomer dad to snap a pic of a guy he probably had never heard of. Mr. Gibbons just sort of shooed the kid away as if to say, not now, kid, the adults, the musicians in the room are talking. Mr. Gibbons exited during our second set with a nod and a subdued two-finger wave with his hand by his side as we played the Marshall Tucker Band's Can't You See? A subtle acknowledgement that for one night, a living rock and roll legend treated us not as posers, wannabes, or amateurs, but as peers. Rock and roll. 
All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Cool story, cool story. Thank you for calling in and sharing that. Uh, let's stay on on this topic here with this message from the 409. Hey, Jay, Chris here. I was just calling in reference to you talking about musicians who let you down or lifted you up. My very first concert was under oath. Uh, the drummer, Aaron Gillespie, came up to the side of the stage I was reaching my hand out. He said, hey, man, I better see you in that pit. I know he wasn't watching for me in the pit, but just the fact that he had acknowledged me and spent the time to talk to me for a quick second just sealed the deal. I continue to listen and still listen to this day. All right, brother, have a good one. All right, I love these. I love this. Uh, it's not Aerosmith, but I still I love it. These little moments uh, when we're kids, we're so impressionable, especially in the hardcore world, the punk world. It's fantastic when, you know, the bands break down that barrier between stage and crowd. They just, it means so much. If you're a young kid in a band and you've got an audience and you're, for by some reason, you know, you're listening, you, you get a chance to hear this, just know how you interact with your fans. It means so, 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 so much. You probably already know that, especially if you're in a hardcore band. It's part of, it's part of the whole deal. I uh, love hearing this stuff from you guys. Keep it coming. All right, this next voicemail... <laughs> Uh, it's from the 312, and it is epic. Hey, man. Love your uh, podcast. Uh, I was just uh, driving here, and you're asking about Rockstar Encounters. I've been lucky enough to have a bunch of them. But one that really stands out is I was a sponsor rep on tour with Jimmy Page and Robert Plant in 95, I think. And we were supposed to get a bunch of autographed guitars done for a food bank that Page and Plant wanted to support. So this was basically their idea, and I worked it out with their people and set up all the guitars to be signed at the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago. Had little paint sticks every five or six guitars just in case they ran out of paint. And as Jimmy Page walked in with his assistant, uh, apparently he had forgotten about this arrangement and looked at me and called me a fucking c by Jimmy Page. I got called a fucking c which was awesome. And uh, I got called to his dressing room later that night and he apologized and it was cool and I said man I got called a fucking c by Jimmy Page you made my you made my day so there you go there's one rock and roll encounter thanks man bye wow amazing story and I gotta say um I love your attitude about this you know <laughs> I don't know how I would feel if it were me. I, I'd like to think I would feel the same way you, way you feel. You've got a great attitude. You're definitely positive about this. It's, you, you obviously get the humor in it. I like that Jimmy Page apologized to you. That's pretty awesome. Maybe he's just having a bad day. People have bad days. Shouldn't take it out on other people, though. Uh, I had to bleep out the C words. There's just three of them. That's a bit much, even for this show. All right. Uh, from the, let's end here, from the 781. Hey, Jake, what up? This is your boy Ish from Boston. Keep up the great work. Here's a little story about the time myself and my twin brother met Steven Tyler on a plane coming back to Chicago. We're leaving the airport. We're getting on the plane, and I hear a familiar voice coming from the cockpit. I look over, and Steven Tyler talking to the pilot. Tell my brother, hey, is that Steven Tyler? In the meantime, as I always do, I give the flight attendants some treats to show them my appreciation. All of a sudden, Stephen goes, hey, what is that? What'd you do? I said, I gave some uh, treats to the flight attendants because I appreciate them. And he says to me, 
In all my years of traveling, why haven't I thought of that? All of a sudden, my brother and him start talking about sobriety. My brother's sober for five years, Stephen Tyler for 14 years. They say some sober shit to each other. They smile, they hug, and we go on our way. And then I say, hey, Stephen, if you guys want to hang out later, let me know. Obviously, we didn't hang out, but it was a cool moment, and I'll never forget it. Keep up the good work. Rock and roller. Right on, Ish. I love this story. Um, I love that Steven Tyler was cool. I've been hard on him past couple weeks and past couple minutes, actually. <laughs> and uh, it's it's cool to hear a positive story about the dude and hear the experience you and your brother had. So thanks for the voicemail. Appreciate it. Um, I want to close the book on this other question we have going on 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 musical mashups, uh, weird weird ones that is weird musical collaborations, and uh, I'm playing this one more for myself than for anyone else. Let's check out the 505. Hey, you were talking about weird mashups. I mean, this is well, yeah, it would be a weird mashup, but it actually happened, and uh, it's just weird because they're weird, but it's a perfect matchup. It was. A friend of mine saw Tom Waits and Leon Redbone together in concert. Wish I was there, but I missed it. You're awesome. Later, Jake. Niall in the 505. Yeah, you know, this this one isn't all that weird. It's not. But it is a reminder to listen to Tom Waits. We all need to be reminded to listen to Tom Waits more often. Uh, consider this a public service announcement from yours truly prompted by the 505. All right. I told you guys I was going to go deep on engagement. Uh, apologize to those of you who left messages and didn't yet get responses. I can't have an episode that's just a bunch of voicemails that I play. Um, I got to cut it somewhere. If I didn't respond here in the episode, I'm going to try to respond via text. And if you left messages regarding Badlands, those, of course, are going to get answered in this week's rap party in the Badlands feed. I'll probably go a little deeper there with engagement. Uh, let's do one more final voicemail, and uh, then we'll take a break. Yo, Jake, this is Curtis from Connecticut. And quite frankly, man, everything you do is gold. I'd really like to hear a little bit about yourself, man. We'll make sure who you are. You do a lot on the amazing amount of artists but what makes you you man let's hear about that yo curtis my man thank you i appreciate that um i'm going to answer this question not out of uh narcissism but just in a in a moment in a, in, a, in a sincere uh sincere effort to connect with you guys and i said earlier that i have a lot of gratitude for this conversation that we're having and i do and uh, that, that's, that's how I'm going to approach this. Uh, what makes me who I am, what makes me me, I guess, you know, to answer your question is you got to go back to young me who is obsessed with all kinds of music. Uh, I'm trying to answer this question, Curtis, trying to answer your question in the context of why we're all here because of Disgraceland, because of music. I was obsessed, obviously, particularly when I was a kid, I was obsessed with aggressive music, going as far back as like, you know, fourth grade and, and, and getting into ACDC and heavy metal for the first time. I was an angry little kid and angry music opened me up. Um, it made me less angry in a weird way. 
it, it just, you know, boys, as you probably know, you are one, you were one, you have a lot of aggression, you got a lot of testosterone, you get a lot of stuff swirling through. I have two little boys myself. They go fucking crazy. They're lunatics regularly. They have to get this energy out. I did too. And, and angry music, aggressive music was, was what helped me as a young kid. And then the other thing I had going on, because of my father's influence, who was a musician, he was in everything. And I saw firsthand that you can be into everything. So when kids in my neighborhood were just like siloing themselves off, I'm I'm a, I'm a metalhead or I'm a punk rocker or I'm whatever, I that didn't truck with me at a young age. I knew how I knew how ridiculous and limiting that was. Uh, my dad had great taste, and he was like I said, he was into everything, and I emulated that even as a young kid, even to even to my uh, <laughs> to the detriment of my physical safety at times. Um, nowadays, I know it's gonna sound weird. Uh, but for what I'm trying to grasp at, how it relates to your question, you know, what makes me me and relative to Disgraceland, what I'm trying to grasp at these days creatively, how to tell these stories in the best possible way that I can, what I'm always doing is I'm reaching back into that bedroom that I grew up in, that I shared with my little brother as a little teenager in, uh, and I'm trying to entertain that version of me, that kid. Not to say I'm trying to entertain young kids with Disgraceland or with what I'm making I'm not, uh, but I am trying to entertain the younger version of me. Um, I wanted to know everything I could about my heroes, the musicians that I loved. And this was in a, in an age and an era that was pre-internet. Um, and it was particularly hard to find information on artists that were not mainstream. And those tended to be as, well, as, as I got older, those tended to be the artists that I was more interested in. So I poured through Rolling Stone, Spin, Maximum Rock and Roll, Suburban Voice, Antimatter. I just always wanted to, to, to learn, to learn more, to listen and learn, to listen and learn. And beyond that, to be entertained. And, uh, you know, life in a little Massachusetts mill town was fucking boring, super boring, like paint drying on the walls, boring. I always had the sense that there was this fucking annoying sense that there was always something better happening somewhere else. And music was an escape first figuratively through the records I listened to and through the articles I read and the books I read. And then when I started going into Worcester and to Boston and going to see shows, then it was a literal escape. When I joined a band, it was an escape that I could kind of control. Um, and now it's still an escape as a, as a you know, a, a middle-aged dad, you know, trying to, try, <laughs> trying to make a living doing something that interests him. It's still an escape. Music has always been an escape. And I've never really, uh, you know, articulated it that way or thought about it that pointedly until now, until answering your question, Curtis. So thank you. I appreciate that. I hope that answers... Um, I hope that answers you. Uh, you know, let me know what you're, what, what makes you, you, man. Write in, call me, text me, whatever. Let me know, all right? I think all, all of this background, though, that I just mentioned, I think all of it ends up somewhere in Disgraceland. I hope it does anyways. Uh, like I said, uh, yeah, appreciate the question. And if you got specific questions about me, any of you, Curtis, anyone else, feel free to ask. Uh, happy to get to know all of you a little better, 617-906-6638. I'll be back after this break with your texts. Hey, Discos, it's Jake here. Thank you so much for listening to Disgraceland. Your support truly means a lot to me, and it's because of you that my team and I are able to make this show. 
If you want more Disgraceland, if you want more regular interactions with me and the community of Disgraceland listeners, or if you simply want to listen to the show ad-free, go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership. For just five bucks a month, you can listen to every episode of Disgraceland ad-free. Plus, you'll get one brand new exclusive episode every month. You'll also get weekly unscripted bonus content, special audio collections, and early access to merch and events. There are two ways that you can support the show and become a member at disgracelandpod.com slash membership. You can sign up using Patreon and listen to the show ad-free on Apple, Spotify, and most other major podcast platforms. And Patreon members also get access to all the other perks of membership and an always-on chat where I'll be interacting with you and diving deeper into the world of Disgraceland. But maybe you're currently an Apple Podcast subscription listener and you want to just tap into all the bonus audio content and ad-free listening that we're offering. We're also offering this membership as a premium channel on Apple Podcasts. However you choose to join, all you got to do is go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Support the show for just $5 a month, five bucks, or sign up for an annual plan and get two months free. Come join me and your fellow discos at Disgraceland All Access by visiting disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Welcome back to Musicland Stories. Join us for a new aquatic season, exploring the sonic adventures of sea creatures from ghost crabs to octopodies, earworms to mazes of coral reef. Listen to the newest season of Musicland Stories, airing weekly every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon, aquatic adventurers. Captain out. All right, you know, on the subject of getting to know each other better, like we were just talking about, I was thinking about this even before Curtis left that voicemail. I was thinking about this over the weekend while watching the TV show The Bear. Are you guys watching this show? The show is fucking incredible. I talked about it before season one, but season two is strong. Uh, anyways, there's this episode about hospitality and about serving people. And I know a lot of you probably work or have worked in hospitality. Um, I did when I was a kid, but I never did it, never did it as an adult. I had other versions of, of jobs like that when I got to be a young adult. Um, but this is great episode on hospitality and serving people. And it got me thinking, uh, you know, serving specifically, you know, in the, in the television show, it's about serving fans of the specific restaurant. And it just, you know, just hit me. Not, not that I didn't know this or I haven't, uh, I haven't done this before or experienced this on both ends before, but just how awesome it can be to make people happy, especially people that you don't know, but who you know, admire you and appreciate what you create. And when you can surprise them, when you can reward them, the joy that it can bring them. I know that for me as a fan, when someone, when an artist that I admire takes the time to engage with me, it is special. And it still happens to this day. And Disgraceland has, has done that for me. It's opened up these conversations with literal, like, musical heroes of mine, icons, like people I never in a million years would, would have dreamt of meeting or, or talking to. Um, and I've had a version of this experience as a fan going back all the way back to when I was a little kid. I've talked about this before. Um, and, you know, I joke about the Aerosmith thing we talk about, we talk about, but I've had, I've had great experiences too, where 
I've met dudes in bands who I looked up to who were just so fucking cool to me. And it leaves a mark. And in this episode um, of The Bear, they really show that. Uh, you know, and I'm more interested in this concept uh, coming from the other way, from creator to supporter or, or to fan, okay? When I was playing in bands, it was very easy to do this sort of thing. It's harder as a podcaster, though. We're, we're so, I'm so separated from you guys. You know, I, send out, I used to send out posters and pins and shirts, and I still do that to some degree, and I always will. It's the DIY thing in me, but I, I'm trying to find something that's a bit more personal, a bit more connected. And it's hard. I found out in watching this, you know, watching this episode of The Bear, I found out that I don't really know you guys. It's hard to make a personal connection with you. Um, you know, it's just, you know, we have this this larger connection, music, broadly speaking. You're obsessed with music like I am. Uh, that's what Disgraceland is really about. Sure, it's about musicians getting away with murder and behaving very badly. And it's about music and it's about true crime. But it's really about the details, the obsessive details, the edge of your seat storytelling that, that music heads, music obsessives like yourselves, like, like me, that we geek out on. Uh, I know this because I'm you, you are me, we are the same, but I don't know you. Not really. So how do we get to better know each other? Every week I come on here and I tell you guys what I'm into. I tell you what I'm listening to, what I'm reading, and what I'm watching. Some of you guys text me, write me, DM me. You let me know what you're, what you're into. It's mainly around television and film. We do a lot of that rap party. But just generally speaking, I don't know what you guys are into. I've received some messages quite a bit about some personal stuff that you guys are going for, going through. And um, I'm always happy to engage in that to the extent that I can and to help out where I can. Uh, but I just want to say, I'm here to get to know you and whatever that means. However, we open up this conversation. I'm not exactly sure, but I'm just letting you know I'm here for it. DM me 617-906-6638. Text me, send me a voicemail. Just tell me about yourselves, what you're up to. Start with, you know, what you're listening to or when you're listening to music, when you engage with it, when you listen to my show, how you engage with it, whatever, you know, anything like that. Um, some band you're into, some album, some artists we should cover. You're great with the artist suggestions. We're, we're lousy with them. We get a ton of them. But just hit me up. Give me the goods uh, so that I can give you the goods. That's what I'm saying, I guess. All right? The more I can understand you guys, the better I can provide you with the content that you need. All right? Doesn't have to be formal. Get at me. Let me know what you're into musically. Otherwise, whatever. 617-906-6638 now for your texts. Um, as I dive into the text, just a quick note. The voicemails, I kind of curate. I pick out, I try to answer them in some sort of like order that makes sense. Um, I find that answering the texts is a better experience if I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So I just do them in real time. So these are going to be all over the place. All right, here we go. All right, from the 360, hey, Jake, it is Megan from the PNW. I don't know what that means. Pacific Northwest, that's what that means. I'm guessing. Uh, Megan goes on to say, NWA should have been number one without hesitation. As for the T-Swift it factor, I can only speak from my experience as someone who has always found comfort in her lyrics. Um... Hi, fellow Gen Xer, still unpacking decades of chaos and music has always been my safe space lifeblood. All right, Megan, we got a lot in common. Megan goes on to say here, um, as for Taylor Swift, not only do I find her a masterful storyteller in the way she writes her lyrics, she's got a genuineness in her often rawness and has relatable experiences to her main target audience. Took my now 22-year-old to her first ever concert, which was the Red Tour, and it's been a fun evolution watching them sort of both grow into themselves. Um, 
Uh, Megan goes on to say, this is already long enough, but since you're also a punk guy who probably knows MXPX, grew up with them, literally, if you've not listened to the one Rockabilly album Mike Herrera did with a group named Tumble Down, I'd highly recommend you checking it out. Please never stop what you're doing. Looking forward to more bonus episodes and hearing what's on your mind. Thanks, Megan. That's uh, that's a perfect text to kick this off. I appreciate it. We were talking, um, I was asking, I think in one of the mini episodes, you know, I was talking about the Taylor Swift phenomenon and just asking, you know, what is it? What is it that, that just pulls you in as a fan? Um, and that's where that came from, from Megan. And, and obviously, thematically, she hit on a lot of other stuff here that we've been discussing. So let's keep going. The 409 says, hi, Jake. It's the honesty that connects with our hearts and keeps us listening. That goes for you, Taylor Swift, King George, etc. We feel We feel your true love for the genre, what you do and what you are creating. We believe you. That's the hook that keeps on giving. Keep up the great work. Big fan, Lisa A. Lisa, thank you. I appreciate that, Lisa. That means a lot. And, you know, it's it's funny as a creator, you don't often stop and go, God, what what's working? What's making this connection happen? Uh, you know, I tend to stop and ask it about other people. And uh, I don't often get to think about it in terms of myself. So it's uh, it's interesting to hear how, you, how you're contextualizing it, guys. That's two texts down. Well, let's keep going here. Uh, with from the 540, more on this hip hop thing. It says, <laughs> Billboard is full of shit. I agree with your list with one addition. Two live crew pushed the limits and made a really good party hooking up with the music deuces. Yeah, uh, two live crew. Two live crew did a lot. They did a lot. They're getting an episode of Disgrace in sometimes too. And I don't know if they make it into my top five though. But when that shit came out, phew, forget about it. All right, what else? All right, for the 716, hey, Jake and crew, discos, etc. This last 4th of July episode struck me nicely. Haven't usually listened to these extra content episodes, but so engaging. I won't stop. Just want to say, uh, phone on, random in the car immediately. Fortunate son came on. Loved it. Still appropriate today. Cheers all. Jeremy from the 716. Peace. Thanks, Jeremy. It is still appropriate, isn't it? Fucking great song. All right, I got to read this one from Lindsay. Just going to close the book on this sex talk. Lindsay in the 281 says, I literally have a sex time, sorry, a sexy time playlist. And it's just about in order, too. It's a collection of classic, sexy, alternative songs from the late 90s. That's two sexies in one text. From the late 90s and sentimental ones from my 18-year-old relationship with my husband. Try guessing which is which. Uh, 18 years. I don't understand that at last part, but congrats on 18 years and still keeping it fresh in the sack, Lindsay. All right. What do we got here? All right. We were talking, I guess I threw out what were the best five MCs because that's what this list is. Jay-Z, Nas, LL Cool J, Big L, Andre 3000 from the 781. 781. I got to do a Big L episode. 561, number one rap group is the undisputed, legendary, hardworking Philly's own sure shot, The Roots, and the number one MC, Black Thought, shared the stage with Black Thought a couple years ago, uh, goes on to say, thank you for asking. I'm a fan and discovered the podcast on a madcap, sleepless road trip one night driving from Kentucky to West Palm Beach, Florida. Love it. Beautiful down in West Palm Beach, Florida. Great text. Thank you. All right, so we asked about favorite 4th of July songs. Born in the USA on the 4th of July? No, that is not a patriotic anthem. This is from the 303. I'm not a big country music fan, but I'll take Lee Greenwood's God Bless the USA or Toby Keith's The Angry American. Now listen here, 303. I hear you loud and clear. But 
America is not beyond criticism. And uh, I'm not piling on either. That's not what I'm saying. Born in the USA is a is a song about a, about a specific point of view from a specific character that you can. I don't think you know Springsteen might tell you differently, but I think if you asked him, I don't. Even if he told me something different, I'd, I'd probably call bullshit on him. I don't think Springsteen meant that as a anti-American uh, cry. I think it was more. You know, like I said, from the point of view of one character, that's how he writes songs. And I think when Reagan adopted it uh, foolishly and without much thought, uh, what was Springsteen going to do? But I hear you. You're, you're, it's 4th of July. You don't want to fuck with anything negative. I get that. I get that, 303. So you can have your Lee Greenwood um, and uh, I'll crank Born in the USA. And, you know, I, I'm also into the patriotic stuff as well. It's not just It's not just all piss and vinegar. That's all. All right, let's say, what do we got here? From the 781, my favorite 4th of July song is American by The Descendants. I don't know that I've ever heard that. I must have. All right. From the 920, says, maybe being a punk keeps you from digging on Phil Lynott and the rest of the boys in Thin Lizzy. Maybe you think the boys are soft. What? the fuck are you talking about? Uh, 920S says, maybe knowing Phil shot heroin with Sid and Nancy and later formed a band called The Greedies with the Sex Pistols will inspire you. I don't know what you're talking about. You seem to have me confused with somebody who doesn't like Thin Lizzy. That is not me. I love Thin Lizzy, okay? Um, Yeah, I don't know. Everyone, listen to Thin Lizzy. I'll take Thin Lizzy over the Sex Pistols. How's that? How's that? And shooting heroin does not make you cool in my eyes. You seem to have that mixed up in your head too somehow. Is this text even to me? I don't even know. All right, what else we got? Uh, That's a lot. That's a lot of texts. I'm going to jump here. Uh, 617-906-6638 to text and voicemail. And I read them here. You know the drill. I'm going to take a quick break. It's getting late. I'm going to come back. I'm going to read the recommendations part. All right, the recommendations part. This is the recommendations part, the part where we recommend the things that need recommending, the recommendations part, what I've been listening to. So Billboard magazine, you know all about it. It got under my skin, but it sent me on this old school hip hop tip. Uh, I can't stop listening to 90s stuff mainly. Played my five-year-old, Mr. Bob Dabalina by Delta Funky Homo Sapien. Homo Sapien, excuse me, on the way to baseball camp today. Uh, He nearly shit his pants laughing. And, uh, you know, most of it is because he just thinks the name Bob is the funniest thing that he's ever heard. I have no idea why. He's a weird kid. Uh, Coincidentally, perhaps, because the universe is listening, uh, while Billboard is under my skin, Do the Right Thing is on my television, and it was the other night. And that was an extra reminder to me to queue up the Fight the Power video by Public Enemy. Great, great video. You all know the song. But check that video out. Uh, I feel like it gets overlooked. There's a story there too. What's the story behind that video? It's so random. Uh, Somebody needs to write an oral history on how that all went down. Or maybe someone could just write me an email or call in or whatever and let me know if they know anything about the making of the Do the Right Thing video because it is incredible. Um, Yeah, lots of hip hop this week. Two hip hop oriented playlists I've been listening to on Spotify that I want to pass along to you guys. The Spotify generated I Love My 90s hip hop playlist as basic as it is. It's exactly what you'd expect and it's fucking glorious. Uh, And, you know, back on the Public Enemy tip, it reminded me of the Spike Lee movie. He got game because of that that 
Public Enemies <laughs> song. I've never seen this movie, by the way. I've never seen He Got Game, uh, but I heard this Public Enemy song before. Uh, he Got Game, right? That's the name of the song? The name of the song? The thing with Steven Stills? You know what I'm talking about. That's based on the Buffalo Springfield song for what it's worth. I can't stand that fucking song. Um, but I love this version, this Public Enemy version of it. All right? Came on the mix. Music was great. Fucking song is great. And now I love it. My tastes are constantly changing. I don't know what to tell you. Check that song out and let me know if the movie's good. If you have seen it, I'm probably going to watch it before you get back to me, but I'm, I'm intrigued now. All right. Another uh, hip hop related playlist I've been digging on is the hip hop and R&B jazz covers playlist. That's it. That's what it's called. The hip hop and R&B jazz covers playlist on Spotify. It's not an official thing. Some user made it. Parts of it are awesome. It's it's exactly what it sounds like. It's full jazz bands covering 90s hip hop songs. It's almost all instrumental, no vocals, no samples. It's fucking great. Um, and all this public enemy, you know, it sent me back to The Last Poets. And if you guys don't know The Last Poets, I encourage you to search out The Last Poets, specifically their self-titled album from 1970. This is pre-hip-hop, but it is absolutely the foundation of hip-hop, the foundation of the hip-hop house, the self-titled Last Poets album. It is heavy, and it is freaking amazing. Check it out if you have not already. What 90s hip-hop am I missing? If you've been following me on Instagram, at DisgracelandPod, uh, listening to me on here, you know it's in my wheelhouse. Uh, give me some some weird, random 90s stuff that I should be checking out. I used to be into this stuff so much more when I was younger. Stuff like the goats, and I mean, I, I, I'm not going to pretend I was a crazy hip-hop kid. I wasn't, but I was into some weird stuff. And now I've largely either forgotten about it, I never get reminded of it, or I didn't know about it in the first place. 617-906-6638. Give me some 90s hip-hop recommendations. Let me know. Again, let's stay on this for just a touch longer what your favorite hip-hop group is. Uh, let me know. 617-906-6638 at Disgraceland Pod. Back in a flash. All right, let's recap, shall we? Number one, Ariana Grande is the latest episode of Disgraceland. She's in your feeds now. Number two, we've got a Badlands episode this week in the Badlands feed on Hugh Grant. Number three, got some new Double Elvis shows that are being birthed. Search out Shred with Shifty. This is the podcast hosted by the Foo Fighters, Chris Shiflett, guitar player for the Foo Fighters, where he explores some of the greatest guitar riffs of all times with the guitar gods themselves who wrote them. Shred with Shifty. Okay, search that out. Shred with Shifty. And uh, we have a new installment of, our, of a show we produce called Sound of Our Town. This show, I, I haven't talked a lot about this show in a while, but if you guys are traveling, you need a music guide through whatever city you're venturing into next, what clubs to hit up, or maybe you just need to know, you know, you know what the local local music history is or what the music lore is of that city, where the record stores are, uh, where the cool restaurants are, where the music people hang out. This show is for you. Search for Sound of Our Town. Give that a follow, all right? Uh, next week in Disgraceland, New Order. Super happy fun time. Uh, number five, my number is 617-906-6638. Call me on the telephone or text me, all right? In honor of this awesome 90s hip-hop talk, this is me reading you the phone book from Manhattan, of course, in the 90s. Salinger, Sally, 255 West 84, TR 7-8690. Salinger, Samuel, 935th Ave, Butterfield, 8-1241. Salinger, Saul, 68 East 86th. 8-6545 
Salad Trio, 237E116, Leahy, 4-9790, Salino, John, 101st East Broadway, Worth, 2-5949, Salinsky, 105 Avenue B, Quit talking and start mixing. Cut it!